Welcome to Hearth to Hearth, a home for sensitive souls, sparking self-discovery and belonging through the healing power of warm-hearted conversations. I'm Jessica. And I'm Janelle. What began as voice notes between two friends navigating life and motherhood has blossomed into a podcast and community. Join us each week as we ask the question, how can we come home to ourselves? Our conversations are filled with deep feelings, vulnerability, empathy, and a dose of laughter. So cozy up with some tea and gather around the hearth for warm-hearted conversations that will leave you feeling inspired and less alone. Welcome to Hearth to Hearth. We're so excited for this topic that we're going to be talking about today. Hi, Jess. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm I'm excited to talk to you. Me too. This has become such a source of light in my week. Looking forward to our recording sessions. I know. And somehow we fit it in between all of the things in life. It's just so nice to have this slot in our week every week that we get to catch up and see each other face to face. How cool is that? So cool. And it is true. It is an accomplishment every time we fit it in. I'm very proud of us. (laughs) So we're talking about one of our favorite things to talk about together, and we're turning our mics on to this conversation, and we're going to share a little bit about it, gardening. And our love of plants and flowers and restorative gardening and so much here. So we thought we would chat a little bit about this love that we have for our gardens, for the earth, and share a little bit about it with our listeners and talk a little bit about our garden journeys and our plans for this upcoming year in our gardens. Yes, I'm so excited. We have been talking about this all week as the earth warms up. We're getting ready to put seedlings in the ground or to sow the seeds in the ground or just clean up around our garden, checking in on our friends and seeing how they're doing. And as we are doing our own research into um, how we are going to approach gardening this year, Uh, We wanted to take you guys through uh, how we got started into gardening and how we got interested in it and kind of what we've learned. And then we'll also end with just our plans for this year. Yes. And I think it's really fun because we, neither of us are expert gardeners. We are at the beginning of our gardening journey. And it's so fun. It's so fun to be a beginner because there's so much to learn about gardening. And there's so many different ways you can kind of take this in different directions you can go in. So it's really fun to be sharing from the messy middle, not even middle, the messy beginning of this gardening (laughs) journey. So Jess, do you want to talk a little bit about how you found your way to your garden? Sure. I was thinking about this before and I don't really remember. There wasn't an aha moment. It was kind of a slow process from the beginning of kind of how I've always seen gardening or like the perspective that I had of it before and then to actually doing it. And so my mom always had a garden at her house. She always had beautiful like borders around her house and I would sometimes help 
Um, but I never really had this deep connection with actually gardening itself. But then when we got our house almost five years ago, yeah, it was almost five years ago, we have an acre of land and the back of it is is kind of wooded. So it's not all open land, but there were all of these uh, garden beds that had kind of been um, left alone for a couple of years. I don't think the owners prior to us really did any gardening. So we really had to go in and discover. I mean, sometimes we would clear away some leaves or brush and there would be a rock a rock border of a garden bed that had just been unkempt for this whole time and it's it was a beautiful experience to notice all of the plants that the the people that had lived here before had like they have these three big lilac bushes they have a lot of the traditional uh like shrubs and plants that that people have around this area there's like forsythia there's rows of Sharon bushes. Um, so all the big, pretty kind of showy things. And yeah, so I just started, I think we got, we would just, we just started by mulching the beds and kind of cleaning them up and discovering them. And then three years ago, we built raised beds for the first time and we planted flowers and we planted vegetables, but mostly like lettuce. We tried to do carrots and they didn't really work out very well. Um, but we just had these two little raised garden beds. I think that was actually during the pandemic. Has that been that long ago, three years ago? Yeah. yeah. So that was just into the pandemic when my oldest was a baby. And that was so fun to just experiment because I really didn't know what I was doing. And um, it was just so rewarding to watch the little seedlings grow and care for them. That year, I didn't start any seedlings inside. And so we just kind of direct sowed everything. And it was fun to see what happened. And then last year, I wanted to do – and then the year after that, I kind of let it go because I was – you were about to have a baby, and you just had a baby. I just had had a baby. Yeah, yeah. So that's why <laughs> you're like, well, I think I was busy oh, that yeah around May. Yeah, because my baby was born on May 22nd, so yeah. there really wasn't a lot of time to, for gardening that year, and that whole summer really. And so then last year, I wanted to make a dye garden and a pollinator garden, and so I started all these seedlings from scratch. I got grow lights and I ended up with like I don't even know there was like 150 100 <laughs> I there was at least 125 that survived the growing season wow. and that was yeah I I took my hummingbird hat on and I went full force into that and learned everything you need to know about starting seedlings and then we built a, a little garden in the front and it was beautiful it was it it was beautiful, and the, but then there was a drought, and so then we were kind of conserving water, and a lot of these were not as drought-resistant, um, especially since it was their first year, but there were a lot of annuals, and then we kind of had to let some of them – some of them didn't make it um, because of the drought, but all, all in all, it was a really amazing experience, and it was the first year, I think, that I really saw – the transformation that gardening can 
make within yourself and as just watching all of the stages was so magical. I can't even, I mean, I would send you pictures like, look at this flower, look at this flower, look at this flower. And all of the butterflies came. There were birds. There were so many different kinds of butterflies all the time. It was like uh, an amusement park to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that was the beginning of how I got started. And it was kind of a meandering path as I, as I do these things, but it's been like a five-year journey. What about you? That's so cool. Yeah. I was reflecting as we were preparing to record and I was remembering that when I was a really little kid, I always wanted to start gardens wherever we were living. And I had a few little gardens that I would start and we'd go to the nursery and I'd always get pansies and put them in the ground. And I just loved having my hands in the dirt. I loved worms. And I was telling my daughter recently, she was talking about snakes and how they can be kind of scary. And I was like, oh, I used to always catch baby garter snakes and put them in a bucket. And I was kind of that little, little girl. So I was reflecting about that a little bit. And But kind of as an adult, I've done plants and containers here and there. We've always rented our homes. And in this current home that we're in, a few years back, I had done a lot of plants and containers, but I'd always felt like I was going to have a garden one day when I owned a home. Like that's when I would really be able to get into the earth. But I really only gave myself permission to have container gardens. And I would do a lot in pots on our porches and hanging plants and all these things and even dabble in growing food that way. Like I had done a lot of research about how to do container gardening. And several years ago, I took um, an apprenticeship an herbalism apprenticeship called School of the Sacred Wild with Marisha Mirnowska. And it was amazing. This was kind of my COVID journey. I know everybody kind of picked up a hobby hobby during that time. Um, I went full in on herbalism. And Marisha is amazing. And she teaches so much about herbs and making medicine. But she also teaches a lot about connection with the earth and gardening. And I remember a really pivotal moment in that where we were talking about gardening and garden plans and thinking about gardening. And I think I had mentioned, you know, oh, well, I rent and, you know, I'm not really sure if I'm going to do a a garden, but, you know, I'm thinking about these containers. And she said, I've always rented and I've always made a garden in some way. And it really struck me. And I, I went right outside and started. So I have a garden now where we live, where we rent, and I'm really – that's something I really like sharing with people that you can have any type of garden wherever you are and that mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be this perfect thing. Someday I'll own a house and I'll have this huge garden and we'll have all these beds. There's so many different ways to garden. And I love my little garden where we are. There's so much I've packed into it. So um, my real kind of current gardening journey that I'm on now began through that apprenticeship and through giving myself permission to kind of take up space in that way with our home and to create the garden that I wanted here and to put the plants in that I really wanted. So that's where I am now. And I love it so much. It's really one of my practices for connecting with the earth. And I've been um, focusing a lot on herbs and putting more and more herbs in. And we'll get into more kind of what I think are in our current gardens now and what our plans are for the year. But um, that's kind of where things are now. I love that story of 
of how you gave yourself permission to take up space in that way. And it's, and it's a really, I mean, that's a metaphor, metaphor for so many things in our life. And once you give yourself permission to do that, like once I realized, okay, I am like the steward of this land. I I may be inexperienced and I don't really know anything. And there's a lot of just overgrowth everywhere. I don't really know what any of these plans are, but like I gave myself permission to to be the caretaker of the land and you're giving yourself permission to be the caretaker of your little spot of land. Exactly. And you've given so much love into that. Exactly. Spot. Like that's what the intention of what you what you put behind it, I think is so much more powerful than the result. Because gardening isn't something that you can control or predict. It's probably never going to go the way you expect. And sometimes that leads to incredible, beautiful surprises. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that could happen. Or I didn't even know that this flower looked like this or that I had this year. Um, And sometimes that can lead to disappointments too. But I think it's just the intention that that you have behind it. it. It can teach you about, like you can work on yourself through, yeah. through working on the land wherever you are. Yeah. And just as, just like you said, that's really how Marisha framed it when, and what kind of opened my eyes in this way. She said, you can tend the earth wherever you are. Like that we can tend whatever little patch of earth we have access to. And that just completely shifted it for me of like, of course I want to go out and this little spot that I have and take care of the earth in that way. And she would even use examples about, you know, people living in cities and like literally having these tiny, tiny, tiny little patches of space that they would tend like along the sidewalk. You know, there's so, there's so many beautiful stories of people just finding ways to tend the earth wherever they are. And that's really how I looked at it. I, I started to see myself, as you said, oh, I'm actually the steward of this land. Like this is where I am right now. I'm here for a reason. And I get to care for this land in this way, even though I don't own it because we don't, you know, what does that mean anyways? So, right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that's kind of, that just means so much to me to think about it in that way. And, and really, um, I love seeing it as more of a steward or as kind of we've talked about, or as, um, Mary Reynolds says, we're, you know, guard guardians, not gardeners. Mary Reynolds talks a lot about gardening and restorative gardening. And that's kind of where we're both headed with our gardens this year. Do you want to talk a little bit about your plans for the summer and for your garden this spring and all that? Yeah. So I've been uh, doing some research on different approaches to gardening and um, kind of just looking at my life and how much time I have for gardening and how much I can really dedicate of myself to to the land that I have around me this year because uh, we talked about this in our hummingbird episode where the um, last year I just really overextended myself with the gardening and I had all these seedlings, but I couldn't really experience them in, a, in the way that I wanted. So this year I'm scaling it way back scaling it way back. And instead of focusing on adding more and more and more, I'm going to work with what I have, uh, the beds that I have, and focus on getting rid of the invasive plants that I have. So we have a lot of 
uh, they're called wine berries and they're these raspberry plants that before I, I loved them and I was like, oh my gosh, there's raspberries just growing on my land and they're really delicious, but they are invasive and they're starting to take over a lot of, uh, space and they're killing the other plants along the way. They're not giving them any space to grow. And so they're really prickly and very big and (laughs) they're aggressive and strong. So I'm going to get some help from my husband and and we're going to tackle that together as as much as we can. And so that's one big project that I really want to do. I am going to expand one of my gardens, but just by one rock. So just by like one rock space, I'm going to just fold the rock back over, (laughs) fill it in with soil and a little... Uh, leaf mulch and just make it a little bit bigger. So, and because the uh, grass underneath will have been, you know, it's dead because it's been under the light. There's no light reaching it from the rocks. So I can just kind of fold it back. And then um, you have been helping me with this. I really want to work on uh, creating like a a really good mulching system for all of my beds because last year there was this terrible drought in New York and and I'm scared about another one this year. But just in general, um, the earth can absorb the water better if the soil is not so hot. So if it's cooler than the rainwater that comes down, then it can absorb it better and there's not as much erosion. So I did not – that's one lesson that I learned along the way because I did not – uh, mulch my beds enough. And so I'm just going to take all the leaves that I've gathered that that fell down from last fall that I kept in the garden to keep all the the plant and animal biodiversity alive in there. And then I'm just going to kind of spread it around and use that as mulch. And I have a couple of, I'm going to sow some vegetables like lettuce, uh, maybe some carrots, uh, some herbs. We always do like the kitchen herbs and maybe some medicinal herbs. I want to do some Tulsi this year. And then Hmm. we built a little, I just built a little uh, garden for the girls. It's this little cute little circular bed that I want to put some herbs in for them so they can feel like they can uh, be involved in the gardening because their approach to gardening is kind of like yanking the plants out and uh, <laughs> digging, uh, like taking all the soil that I've worked so hard on building and just like chucking it around the back, <laughs> which is fine. But like I want to give them a place that they can have ownership of it and then they can see the whole process. They've seen the whole that. process before, but I really wanted to, you know, call it their garden and and grow herbs that they can play with and that smell really good. So it's like a sensory garden too. And yeah, and I think we might pick up a flowering dogwood tree, maybe for Mother's Day. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm working on it. But, uh, I've always wanted a flowering tree in the spring, and like that's been my dream for I don't even know since I was a little girl mm-hmm. to have that someday. And we might pick that up uh, this weekend or next weekend. But yeah, so so what's so now when this will be airing is probably the week that I'll be doing all of this, but I'm going on vacation, so I won't have time to do it. I, I need to be able to tend to everything. So it's going to be next 
weekend, so like a week and a, ha- a couple days from today, is when I'll actually be in, in the earth getting everything done. So, so exciting. exciting. I know. What about you? I want to hear your plans. Yeah. I know okay. you have the garlic already. That's so oh exciting. The garlic. <laughs> yeah. So I have a little bed in the back and a little bed in the front. And my back garden bed gets a lot of sun, full sun. So well, most of it gets a lot of sun. Then there's a small section that's more part sun. And I kind of learned that last year. And that's one cool thing that each year you kind of learn a little bit more. So Mm-hmm. Um, because of it's a little bit shaded by part of the house. So even though it seems like the whole bed's really sunny, there is a little corner of it that um, gets less sun. So I learned that lesson last year. So I put some different plants over there for this year. But I did a lot of planting. I have a lot of perennials. I've been really focusing on herbs um, because I love making teas and different medicines that I learned how to make through my herbalism apprenticeship. And so I have a lot of herbs in our garden and last year, I we both kind of really started to go deep about learning about native plants and the importance of having native plants in our gardens. Mm-hmm. And I found this awesome native nursery near us that has a lot of medicinal native herbs. Yes, what's its name? Make sure to shout out the – Oh, yeah, I will. Helia Native Nursery in the Berkshires. And I – so last year – um, I went a couple times. They're open a few weekends a year. And I went and my like big kind of most exciting gift for my garden last year was we got um, an elderberry tree, little shrub. Right. And so we ha- I'm going to hopefully have – she's baby. She's so beautiful, but we'll see if she flowers this year. Um, so I have elderberries in my garden. I have, which is native to this area, which is so amazing because that's one of the herbs I love working with so much. Mm. And then in the fall, I went to the native nursery and I got a lot of plugs, which is a really affordable way to kind of get a lot of plants for your garden. And I put them in in the fall, hoping that they would germinate through the winter and then come up this spring. And a lot of them are coming up. So I already had an echinacea plant in, but I got a second one, which is native to this area. I also put in mountain mint, which is coming up, which is for my daughter because she loves mint. She eats it out of gardens by the handful. So we put in some mountain mint that's native um, to the Berkshires as well. I put in some um, blue vervain, but it's not coming up yet. So I have to check on that one. Um, And then I think those are my native herbs that I have going and then I have a couple other perennials coming back, like my yarrow and my black-eyed Susans. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you mentioned my garlic, which is so exciting. That was another – that was kind of my, like, foray into food. We have a lot of bunnies and other critters in our area or in our yard. So it's a little bit – I've done food, tried to do food in containers and stuff in the past, and it has never worked. Everything gets eaten. Even in the sunflowers, which are my favorite flower, are really hard yeah, to do. Yeah, critters love sunflowers. Yeah, which I'm, I always find a way, so I'm going to do it again this year. But the garlic, I planted over 20 cloves also in the fall, and they are going wild. I have these huge garlic leaves coming up, so I'm so excited to have garlic to share. So that's kind of my back bed. So there's – I have some work to do back there to kind of love on it and keep the earth covered, which I know you mentioned, and that's so important, just kind of covering the earth. And I 
um, also have a compost going. And I've been, this will be my third year of composting and I've never quite gotten it right. So I'm determined this year though to really kind of get our compost going. Not that we've had any big compost fails or anything, but I've never kind of had that like abundance of compost that I've been mm-hmm. hoping for to spread mm-hmm. in my garden. So we have a compost tumbler and also a little that's out that's the outside system. And then we have a little compost bin for our kitchen. And so we always bring our food scraps and things out. But I'm really hoping this year to be kind of really on it and turning it every day so we can have that abundance of compost for the garden. So that's kind of our back bed. And then our front bed is shade. And I have a few plants that I put in a few years ago that are not native. And I'm really kind of interested this year in discovering some really, really nice native shade plants that could go up front and maybe kind of transforming that whole area into native plants. So I'm hoping to go to Helia Native Nursery in a couple weeks and get some awesome shade plants for the front and really kind of just let that front area go a little bit wild, I'm hoping. Mm -hmm. And um, get some gorgeous native flowers out there and maybe even make a little, this is an arc sign, which is a nod again to Mary Reynolds and her um, program of turning our gardens into arcs, which are acts of restorative kindness. So we'll put a link to kind of her information about that as well. But that's my hopes. Those are my kind of hopes and plans for my garden this year. I love that. And I and I think that we're both kind of keeping it manageable, right? So we're, we don't have this Obviously, we have a lot going on and it like tending to what's already there is already a lot of work and takes a lot of time. And so I think if you're interested in starting a garden or if you already have a garden and you want to make some changes, um, from what I've learned personally is gardening is so exciting for me and I think for both of us, but it's easy to to be um, – distracted by all the beautiful flowers and think, oh, I can do this and then I'll do this and then I'll do this and then I'll do this. But I think going back to that intention of like, what is the intention that I want in this garden? What do I want to feel when I go into the garden? What do I want the the act of gardening to feel like? Yeah, just just keeping that in mind when you're – if you want to start a garden this year and you can start it anywhere, you can start it in a window box you can start it in a little container. And as Janelle, you were talking about all the native plants. We have a native nursery here too. It's called One Nature. And they do a beautiful job of of keeping native plants in stock and they have workshops. And that's in Beacon, New York and Hudson Valley. And there are so many amazing uh, native plants that if you're really interested in gardening, um, look up you can look up in your area if there's a native nursery or you can look up online if you see something that you really like and you want to add you can look online and look at a map and see if it's native the native plants are so important for the local ecosystem for the birds for the butterflies and what i noticed when i planted that big the big garden last year was how quickly it invited all of these species of animals and it it doesn't take much. Like you can just plant a couple of things, and the plants know where to find where to find them, or the the animals, excuse me, the animals and the insects know where to find them. That's one thing that's been really cool about 
the gardening journey that you and I both have been on and the place we've kind of come to through everything we've been learning is that we've really been going deep on gardens as a way of giving back to the earth, not taking from the earth. Mm -hmm. And there are things that you can do in your garden that really do make a difference. And that's kind of the way that you and I, I know, are both approaching our gardens this year. And whether that's making sure that you keep the earth covered, that was like Marisha always taught, if there's one thing that you can do, cover the earth. And whether that's like just leaves from the trees or planting cover crop to cover the earth, or even just letting weeds grow in your garden, keeping the earth covered is so good for the soil and for all the amazing stuff that lives within the soil. And so that's one thing that's really important to me when I garden, composting, another thing that's really important to me when I garden, and now this kind of venture into native plants. And those are ways, it feels, it might seem so small, but our gardens really can make a difference. And there's a really cool, I'll put a link um, in the show notes to it, but there's a really cool kind of movement. There's a couple movements. We mentioned the We Are the Ark movement with Mary Reynolds. There's another one called Climate Victory Gardens. And that's based on the victory gardens that were planted after World War II, but kind of putting this spin on it in a modern way of planting gardens and an attempt to help heal climate change. And there's a lot of science. I'm not going to go into the science because I will not do it justice. But there's a lot of science that um, gardening in a restorative way can actually draw down carbon and help heal climate change. And so this comes from um, Kiss the Ground, which I'll also link that in the show notes. It's an amazing documentary about how we can protect our topsoil. But we can all do this by planting gardens in a restorative way. It's so cool. And it really makes a sensitive soul who might have spent many a night up at night worried about the climate and the earth as something that feels really connected to the earth, feeling like it's something I can actually do. It's something that I can involve my family in and that we can do on a daily basis that feels like we really are making a difference. And like you said, seeing certain pollinators come back, planting milkweed and seeing the monarch butterflies, you know, giving these creatures a safe haven within your garden. There's so many different routes you can go with this. And you and I have kind of discovered some really cool people who are talking about this and movements that are happening and ways that we can take our gardens and make them restorative to the earth rather than extractive. Yes, exactly. And even just paying attention to wherever you live, just paying attention to the to the animals and the insects, the birds around you. I think I think just that um that mindfulness about about who you share your habitat with is so important and then you can grow this connection with them if you see the same birds every day or there's a little fox family that builds her den every single year in the same spot. And uh, I just love knowing that she feels safe enough to build her little den there every year and we get to see the pups playing. And then last year we had this big pile of um, old trees that were downed and they were they were kind of like playing over there. So Aww. even you can just leave like a – 
a pile of sticks or a pile of leaves. Like just letting things be a little bit more wild is also a practice in kind of letting go and surrender and having and not having to have everything be so perfect or in control. It's a really good practice um, for yourself that you can do in the garden. Just let yeah. go the surrender of it all. I love that. Wow. There's so many things that we've been learning about gardening. And it is, as you were saying, there are so many lessons that are not just about the gardens, that they're really reflections of ourselves and the things that we've learned about ourselves, like surrender and letting go and the cycles of nature and aligning ourselves with them. And I think one of the reasons I love gardening so much and that I feel so committed to finding ways to make my garden restorative for the earth is that it's really allowed me to connect to the earth in such a deep way and to heal myself as I'm healing the earth and to feel empowered that I actually am doing that. Like I actually am making a difference. I have this little patch of land that I can tend to and care for and feel connected in that way. That's truly been life-changing to feel that. And and yeah, so I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned is just that if I can get out there every day in my garden, I'm going to feel connected to the earth and I'm going to start to see, I'm going to start to see what this little little patch of land that I am tending and loving on is needing. And there are there are things within my reach that I can do to help this little little baby garden that I have. And it feels really, really good. It feels really, really good to, to do that. And that's such a great takeaway and great lesson. Um, and I forget, I think I for, often forget. And actually, as we were preparing for this conversation, I hadn't done a lot of prep for my garden yet this year mentally. Like sometimes in February, I'm like drawing out a garden and like coming up with garden plans and flower plans. And I just didn't do that this year. And I started to see my perennials coming back. And as we did prep for this conversation, I was reminded that I can make a difference out there and and that that feels so good. So that's kind of really the lesson that I'm learning right now, being reminded of is that if this is important and I get to I get to do it every day. Yeah. And I love how we you say that your little patch of land and how Mary Reynolds talks about it is that if we all tend to our little patches of land, then we can make this beautiful patchwork quilt that can extend all across the world. And, and these issues can seem almost too big to bear and too terrifying or too scary to, to bear sometimes. And it's easy to kind of look away and to disconnect ourselves from the earth. And I think that that's what's happened a lot of the time, like where we buy our groceries, um, where we get our food. When we stopped growing food, we kind of stopped getting connected to the land. And now we we don't pay as much attention to it as we used to. And it's incredible to just witness the power that Mother Earth has and how much she wants to heal and how she knows how to do it better than than we do. But we have to give her the chance to do it. 
Yeah, really what my biggest takeaway is that Mother Earth knows how to heal herself better than than we may, but we have to give her a chance. And so if we can just take small steps, they may feel small to us, but if we put them all together into this patchwork quilt of everyone doing their part, it it can make a difference. And we're living in these times of of things that we might want to turn away from, but it does feel good to engage. It, it can be scary and uncomfortable at first, but once once you start to engage with them in however small ways uh, that you do, it it feels better for me. It feels better knowing that I'm actually paying attention to them. Yeah, and I think it can be so overwhelming to think about how to approach these topics and even learn about them. And what the beauty of gardening for me has been that there are things I can do, like physically go out in my backyard and do. And it helps with the overwhelm and it helps with the disengagement and it helps with the desensitization that I think so many people are feeling to just be able to go out in my bare feet and cover the earth a little bit and know that I am doing what I can. Yes, and it's so good for your mental health, your physical health, you're outside, you're in the sun, you're breathing in all that beautiful air and the micro your microbiome is going crazy. Like this is great. <laughs> and we hope you've enjoyed our episode. And if you have any questions for us, please reach out to us on Instagram. If you like the episode, please share with your friends. That helps it to reach more sensitive souls. And if you want to leave us a review on iTunes, we'd love that. And we so love talking to you guys every week. We love it. And we're going to put lots and lots of resources in the show notes this week. Um, As we mentioned in the beginning, we are still at the beginning of our gardening journey, but we have a lot of really cool places that we've been learning from. So we are happy to share those and pass that information along. So we'll put lots of links to those resources. And if any questions come up, like Jess said, just reach out. We, trust me, we could spend a lot of time talking about gardening. (laughs) So don't hesitate to reach out. And we could be on this learning journey together. That'd be great. All right, Jess, it was so good to talk to you. So good to talk to you too. We'll talk to you soon. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hearth to Hearth. It brings us such joy to share these warm-hearted conversations with you. We would be so grateful if you could take a moment to follow, rate, review, and share Hearth to Hearth with a friend. We also want to say a huge thank you to Eavesdrop for our theme music, their amazing song, Alive, and to Danielle Vengrove of Gray Street Photography for our gorgeous cover photo. And remember, you are whole, you are enough. We love you. Talk to you soon. Oh